Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. week we're going to actually start at sunrise uh, beautiful morning the lights up over sunny slope here and it's uh, looking like it's going to be kind of a beautiful day uh, this is a list of participation program it's the Whitfield nursery garden show and we're here every sunday from seven to nine with troy on the news sure on the phones and me i'm your host brian and we're just talking about whatever you want to grow water plant fertilizer kill Plenty of things to do, all kinds of styles, uh, whatever you want to grow. You know, we're here in the subtropics or trop, not quite the tropics, subtropics. So that means we can grow a lot of tropical stuff. You know, plumerias do fantastic. We have beautiful Sonoran desert plants. We have fun uh, citrus that we grow some of the best in the world. We can grow all the kinds of fruit trees. You can plant a nice vegetable garden this time of year. We're probably after our last frost date, you know, our traditional last frost date somewhere around the 15th of February. Hey, and that's, that's well gone. So whatever your dreams, whatever your ideas, give us a call. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTIR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it. If you're doing something fun, different at home, we would love to hear from you. There's lots of styles, lots of ways to do things. And um, we'd love to hear different ideas that you might have. Or if you've got a solution for our problems or a problem for our solutions, we can go either direction. And uh, we're here that, like I say, looks like we're probably after our last frost right now. It was chilly this week. You know, we had a little frost out in the orchards and we had a little frost around the nurseries. But uh, whatever your dreams, we can talk about uh, the landscape style you enjoy. There's plenty of beautiful things to do here in our desert. We have uh, some of the most magnificent plants really on the planet with our saguaros and acatillos and, you know, even some of the hedgehogs that you don't see other places like the Engelman with the really deep magenta flowers. So lots of different fun colors here in our desert. And we're setting up for an absolutely beautiful spring. You know, the flowers out in the desert this year are going to be magnificent. The mountains around the valley are looking as green as ever. And uh, you could be in a lot of other places in the planet and mistake them for Phoenix right now because Phoenix is pretty green. I was up by South Mountain yesterday and just noticed how green and pretty the the mountain was. And uh, you know, a lot of things are going to come into bloom here over the next month. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to get out and explore and hike, you can do it now. Or if you want to see the color, do it in about two or three weeks. But uh, certainly while the weather's cool, this is the time to see the southern deserts. Now, if you like to snow ski, it's in pretty good shape up north for doing that as well. But this is, on the other hand, a listener participation program. So why don't you give us all a call? Uh, give sure a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. And we can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it. And, uh, you know, it's a great time to get out and taste the harvest of our citrus here in the valley. You know, from navel oranges to tangelos to Arizona sweets to, you know, all the lemon varieties. They're all ripening at their best right now. 
And uh, grapefruit, while they're decent, will get much better with a little time. So a lot of different things to do that way, too. Um, you know, it's just all up to you, whatever you want to grow. But, you know, it's a fun time of year when you can go out and taste fruit. If you want to plant a citrus tree, I really recommend you taste uh, taste your neighbors or come into the nursery and taste some of the fruit on the trees. We have a lot of trees with fruit. You can actually taste it. And you can also, um, you know, go to a lot of our partners where we have a lot of fruit around town. You can go to uh, Albertson's Safe. Way, or you can go to the guys at Sprouts, Whole Foods, Batches, and it's the whole Batches family. And uh, so we've got all those fun different places you can go to and lots to see. Well, we're going to take our first caller this morning in Madeline and Casa Ground. After Madeline, we've got uh, wide open phones. Number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. Good morning, Madeline. I uh, have lots of questions for you. <laughs> okay. Well, but it's a great time all, to call at the beginning of the program because we've got two hours to talk about them. That's what I thought. So <laughs> my question is, where are you located or what's the closest store, I guess, that you have nursery in vicinity of Casa Grande? Is it... Well, we have different options. So we do have a big tree farm in Stanfield. And that's in Mm -hmm. Stanfield Road, about um, half a mile south of Interstate 8. Now, they don't have all the shrubs and different things there. And it's not really a full-service nursery, but it's our largest tree farm with a couple hundred acres of trees there. So if you're looking specifically for trees, that would be the place to go. And uh, Dale's there. Now, we're closed there on Sundays. We're open Monday through Saturday, 7 to 3. Full-service nursery, um, you could go to the one on... On Southern Avenue, which is just past, just over the corner from South Mountain, south of the airport. The easiest way is just take the freeway to 32nd Street and go back to Southern. Or our nursery okay. at Gilbert, which is on Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Okay. That's probably the closest one for us, but the airport one would be great, too. Good to know. I'd like to come and visit sometime. But my big question is the lemon and lime trees. I uh, have a lime and that's been about six years old, and the lemon is three years old. Uh, both have done exceptionally well until this past summer. Um, I winter here from Oregon, so I'm not here during the summer, but they've always done very well. And... Um, but whatever weather you had in July, August, maybe they needed a little extra water. So my neighbors gave them water, but they both took kind of a dive. Hmm. The lemon has survived, and it did have lemons, but not as many. Um, but it doesn't look real healthy. Um, I can't tell if the suckers that are in and wove in there, instead of growing straight up like they normally did, they wove in there. And it's so tangled, I don't even know when how to trim the thing. Um, and I've been waiting for this time of year. I've been listening, and you, you know, it's time to do that. But the lime, it has continuously died. It's very Charlie Brown looking right now. Madeline, and let me ask you on your weather. lime: is does it is it have a large fruit, or does it have the is it a Mexican lime? Um. It's an average size lime, you know, between the last couple of years, I've had some that were larger and then some that were a little smaller. But like, but like two or three lime. inches long? Um, yeah, at least. Okay, yeah. So, so what that is, is a bear's lime and they really don't do that well here. So your best bet okay. on the lime is just to uh, start over and, and put in a Mexican lime and put in a Mexican okay. lime that has thorns on it because they have uh-huh. a lot more fruit. And uh, and you'll be a lot happier. And the lime will, you know, will do exceedingly well. You know, most okay. lemon varieties all do pretty well here. But number one, make sure that it doesn't have any shoots coming out down by the ground. So that's really the bottom yeah, of your it, 10 it, inches. 
Okay. Yep. It always gets a lot of suckers, so I have a lot of trimming to do in November when I get here. Okay, so it gets a lot of suckers. You mean shoots up on the top or down on the bottom? At the bottom. Okay, so what we want to do with that is prune everything off right now and then wrap the trunk. And you can just wrap it with a piece of cardboard. And if you uh-huh. take the light away from the trunk, it's not going to sucker near as much. And it also protects the trunk from the sun. So what it tells Does us it if know. we're getting a lot of suckers down by the bottom, normally is it's trimmed up pretty high and the sun's hitting the trunk. So you want to let the branches okay. perhaps grow down a little lower on the sides, okay? And okay. then take off all the shoots and wrap the trunk. And that should fix all it right. up. And this is the perfect time of year to do that. All right, good to know. Now the same with the lemon is 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 grown out nice and round, mm-hmm. although it has you know obviously some of the frost damage this year. It was too big to cover, but it is the branches are almost to the ground. I, okay, I well, don't that's even know where thing. to begin. To, you know, probably with the it, branches on a lemon, what you want to do is raise them off the ground about eighteen inches or two feet. Okay, all right, and as far as trimming the top, just let it grow. You can cut the top or, as much as you want to. You know, with our commercial okay. lemon groves and, you know, the, the youngest trees. Well, we have some younger trees, but, you know, for most of our commercial lemon groves, we top them every year. So we have this nice little right. hedging machine that mows around like a lawnmower and just cuts the uh-huh. top right off. And that keeps the trees low enough so we can harvest the fruit. Sounds good. So your best advice on the line would be to dig start it up over. and plant a new one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But start with well, the next It's pretty lens. ugly. Well, There's the- one lime hanging on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, pick the lime first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the poor thing since November has had limes on it, and they would get to be about a, the size of an inch, and then the wind would blow, or the rains would beat them off. And um, so I thought, well, I'll wait till I, I've been on vacation to get back and get brave and call you. Well, so Madeline, if you, if like you want to go ahead and just prune it back and leave it and then add another one, and then if you've got room, you know, and then mm-hmm. if to see how it does. But bear's limes usually live between six and ten years here, and uh, okay. they don't thrive like Mexican limes do. Okay. Now, my other question would be, this particular lime tree, my neighbors all get to partake in it in the summertime, and it's just loaded with limes. But by the time I get home in November, it's slowing down, and it's just starting to produce again when I leave in the spring. So... Is that normal? I thought they well, would be right with, with, with a Mexican line, though, which is the kind of the better variety. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to mostly start ripening up, you know, in about October. And they'll okay. have, it'll have a lot of limes October, November. But after November, you know, they're pretty much going to fall off. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. Sounds like I need to come visit then so and shop for a new tree. Yeah, and if you're just looking for a lime, you're welcome to go to our nursery out in Stanfield. Or if you're looking for just different things, you can come to the other thing. But uh, we grow a lot of citrus there in Stanfield. Okay. Well, that that might be. That'd be a good good trip. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate all the information. Thanks, and, Madeline. Uh, Have a nice day. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and while we're gone, uh, you can give uh, the lovely Shira a call. She's here on the phones and music. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. We have wide open phones, perfect time to get on. we got all kinds of time to talk. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
sunrise over the hills here in the sunny slope is going to be very, very special if it breaks through the clouds. But if not, I can't see over Squaw Peak out of the studio. So we, we don't get the Squaw Peak vision. We just get the sunny slope view over here from our studios here at KTR. Well, welcome back, folks. So I want to take a minute and invite you to call. You know, we can talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilizer, kill, lots of things to do, lots of styles. And, uh, you know, whether you want to grow, you know, a desert garden, if you want to grow some tropics, if you want to grow some food, you can do all that here in the desert. But, you know, our biggest thought here is this water conservation and mostly management. You know, here in Arizona, we're blessed to have the Salt River Project, which was built, you know, over 100 years ago now. And uh, we've kind of tried to moderate that with the CAP, which, you know, obviously everyone's kind of aware of the fact that the Colorado River is a little low on water right now. But... um we do have a great management program here, probably one of the best in the entire planet. And how we manage and use water with our drip irrigation systems and uh, recycling a lot of our water where it goes back and gets used at the Palo Verde plant. And, uh, you know, like a lot of our golf courses here are on recycled water as well. So, you know, we certainly want to enjoy our life. And, the, you know, people have been farming and growing things here for thousands of years, probably over 4,000. In fact, down by Tucson, one of the oldest continually farmed, you know, pieces has been farmed there now for over 4,000 years. So, you know, those, those people on the East Coast, they could think they were the early Americans, but nah, we, we've been around out here West for a long time. But anyway, whatever you want to talk about, however you want to grow it, you know, we do have, you know, native palm trees in Arizona. I saw an article the other day, and they said, well, they brought this palm tree in from somewhere else. Well, no, there's been native palm trees here forever, and uh, our California fan palms, the ones that were the really popular ones when people first moved here, uh, all the ones that from Palm Lane to Central Avenue to down by the state capitol. Uh, those are all California fan palms, native palm tree. And palm tree hares can be very, very low water and uh, exceedingly hardy. And many of them live, uh, in fact, all of them, if they're really happy, the, the, the desert varieties will live well over 100 years. So, you know, palm trees here are a big part of it. If you, whether you think that they're tropical or you think that they're from the desert, you know, as being a native Phoenician, I think of them as being part of Arizona history. And, uh, you know, the natives here actually used to eat the seeds off the palm trees, not like dates. I mean, the, the seeds on the filifera palm, uh, 
while quite edible and, and tasty, they're just smaller with a bigger seed, but uh, plenty edible and quite tasty. And if if you've never tasted one off of a California fan palm, you know, perhaps next year in uh, about October when there's blackberries on a tree at your house and the neighbors, uh, cut them down and taste them. They're really kind of good. Anyway, phones are wide open. The topics are all yours. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And whether you want to talk about the tropics, the desert, uh, how to grow things, how to prune things, the frost, maybe you had a little damage on your plants, uh, we could talk about that. Uh, another really important thing this time of year, a lot of people are planting fruit trees, is to get the right varieties of fruit trees. And uh, fruit trees don't all work equally. And you know, and here in Arizona, we have all kinds of climate zones. And when you get up higher in the mountains, we have to find trees that will bloom you know, much later so that uh, they don't bloom too early and the frost come not the fruit off and that's why it's pretty difficult to grow you know fruit trees you know other than some apples and pears and cherries at high elevation here because they tend to have this nice weather right now for a few weeks they'll bloom have a hard freeze knock the blooms off here in the low desert it's just the opposite you know here in the low desert it takes a certain amount of chill for fruit trees to set fruit and what we're looking for are trees that are under 300 hours of chill and chill is this really strange factor that you get credit for all temperatures below 45 degrees you get more credits for temperatures you know below 30 and back and forth but it's really important if you're going to plant a peach plum apple pear any kind of a stone fruit, deciduous type fruiting tree that you find one that has 300 hours less of chill, um, it makes a huge difference. You know, it's whether you have a crop or not, whether you have just a pretty shade tree or you get the best peaches in the world. Um, so that 300 hours chill factor, wherever you buy your peaches from, plums, apples, uh, make sure they're low chill. Well, we've still got three lines open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Looks like Jewel in Wickenburg. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. And you? Great. Thank you. I have some quick questions for you, but um, if if I was going to plant a garden cacti mm-hmm. and there's previously lawn there okay. that's looking pretty shabby and I want to remove it, would you just kill it off or would you remove the lawn and then bring in the, the soil? Well, you don't really necessarily need to bring in more soil. You want to make mounds? Is that why you want to bring more soil? Yes. Okay. So you're better off killing the grass first, and it's going to be hard to kill grass right now, Jill, by by spraying it because Mm -hmm. it really, you had a freeze in, in, in Wickenburg this week. You know, you're down uh-huh. in the 20s. And so the Bermuda grass is completely dormant. So you can't spray it and kill it. Uh, what you could do is you could rent a sod cutter. And so you could get it, run your sprinklers and get it wet and take a sod cutter and just scalp your lawn with a lawnmower, come back with a sod cutter and take about an inch off and throw all that away. And that's going to get most all of your rhizomes. Uh, it won't be 100%, but it's going to clean it up and get rid of all the trash too. Then you could come in and grade it and plant whatever type of landscape you want and be willing to spot spray this summer, you know, with probably like some glyphosate, which is basically Roundup, to kill any grass that comes back. And if you have it come back around shrubs, there's a nice product you can use called Fusilade, which will kill the grass that comes up if you happen to have a lantana or a brittle bush or something. Okay. All right. And then um, I've heard you say before that there's a hibiscus that grows really well here in Phoenix. Which one was that? Well, there's a lot of different hibiscus that grow well here. Now, um, 
In Wickenburg, you're going to have to watch the cold with hibiscus. But aside from that, uh, the hardiest of all is lipstick. Okay. Oh, that, that was it. The lipsticks, you know, it's a big, hearty thing, and it's it's like the girls on the road's lipstick. You know, it's bright pink, and it's very hearty. That's the, probably mm-hmm. the hardiest of all, but brilliant, which is a red. We have Fiesta. We have, a, you know, we have a nice yellow. There's lots of different colors of hibiscus that thrive here. Sunny yellow's really mm-hmm. good. Fiesta's really good. Brilliant's good. President's good. Painted Lady's good. Um, but hardiest of all is lipstick. Is lipstick. Okay. Any any recommendations on boxwood? Uh, well, there's you really. It's kind of picking your boxwood you, you like. There's Japanese boxwood, and there's wintergreen boxwood, and then there's a lot of other you know different cultivars. But that's kind of the main two. And uh, mm-hmm. so, if you're talking about traditional boxwood for a hedge or boxwood beauty needle plum, uh, just a, something small, something but that's you, not going to grow you, really high. Well, what's easier to grow here is yopon holly. And Yopon Holly's got a small leaf. It's kind of like a boxwood, and okay. uh, but it's hardier in the desert. So if you wanted okay. a hardy, low evergreen that you know even a Wickenburg's not going to have any problem with the cold. It's a little bit mm-hmm. more of an olive, you know, green instead of being a bright green, but exceedingly mm-hmm. hardy. And then the other okay. thing that we use a lot, kind of the same way, are the dwarf olives. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> You know, the little ollies, which are just a really kind of a small dwarf olive. And those are very hardy as well if you want a kind of a hedge. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Come out and see us sometime, Julie. Oh, I will. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. And Ledley's is back with wide open phones again. It's a beautiful morning out there, folks. I think everybody's enjoying the clouds in this uh you know, what a nice day, you know, and it's so nice to have it warmed up a little bit from mid last week and, and the frost that we had. But if you have frost, you know, damaged plants, uh, the good part is chances of a freeze are really diminishing. Doesn't look like we'll probably have a freeze again. You know, we might certainly not going to be 72 every day. Looks like we got some 60 degree weather coming up. But, uh, you know, that's not bad for our plants. And it's been kind of this cooler than normal winter. We had a really cool November and a kind of normal December and then a cool January. And uh, so that's got everything kind of sleeping and waiting for spring to come out. But, you know, it's, it's going to be warmer here pretty soon. So if you want to get ready to start pruning some things, you need to do it. But what's more important is right now, because of the fact that it's been cool, is if you want to cut back rose bushes or deciduous trees like ashes and elms and pistachios or hardy trees like, you know, live oaks, now's the perfect time to get out and prune before they start to grow. So if you're going to be doing some pruning on trees, you want to get it before they bud out and flush out. And, you know, other than shamal ash, most of those trees are still asleep. You know, the pears are starting to flower and the flowering pears. But now is a great time to prune. If you're looking for something to do this afternoon, you know, pruning would be in order. And for all the hardy evergreens, uh, it's the perfect time. If you wait much longer, you're going to have trees budded out already and you're going to waste some growth and some time. So the Topic of the week today is for pruning. If you want to prune, and if it's deciduous, prune it now. If you want to prune back the stone fruits, peaches, apples, plums, and pears, prune them now. Or if you're looking to find out what's happened in the world, Troy Barrett just walked into the studio. And, uh, well, he's actually always in the, you know, the general vicinity, but he's actually in the broadcast portion of the studio now. Troy, good morning. And while we're listening to Troy, y'all can give uh, Shira a call, number to call 602-277-5827. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. 
wake up in the morning with my hair down in my eyes and she says hi and I stumble to the breakfast table while the kids are going off to school goodbye She reaches out and takes my hand and squeezes it and says, How you feeling, hon? And I look across at smiling lips that warm my heart and see my morning sun. And if that's not loving me, then all I've got to say Didn't make a new green apples And it don't rain in Indianapolis In the summertime And there's no such thing As Dr. Seuss or Disneyland And Mother Goose is no nursery rhyme God didn't make a new green apples And it don't rain in Indianapolis In the summertime Myself is feeling low. I think about her face a glow and ease my mind. Sometimes I call her up at home, knowing she's busy, and ask her if she could get away and meet me. Maybe we can grab a bite to eat. And she drops what she's doing and she hurries down to meet me And I'm always late But she sits waiting patiently and smiles when she first sees me Cause she's made that way And if that ain't loving me Then all I've got to say God didn't make new green apples And it don't snow in Minneapolis When the winter comes And there's no such thing as make-believe Puppet dolls, palm leaves, and BB guns Well, there's nothing like some little green apples Beautiful song there. Welcome back, folks. We uh, have three lines still available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Chris and Mesa, good morning. Hi, how are you? Wonderful, Chris. You want me to take take you off speaker? Okay, that's a good thing. Okay. Hello, you there? We're here. Okay. All right, we're planning on buying some bushes to cover our, I really say, I mean, to hide our garbage cans. They okay. need to be about five foot tall. Do you have any suggestions on what kind to get? What kind of exposure are they going to be on? Let's see. South, southeast. Okay, and you're going to plant the, the shrubs to the south side of the trash cans? They're on the north side of the trash cans. They're on the north side of the trash cans. Okay. On the right. southeast side of the house. Well, that's pretty wide open. You know, there's a lot of different things you could do. So what you need to do is kind of pick a style. You know, you could grow the Tacoma stands, the Arizona yellow bells, and they come in lots of different colors. And uh, but those are, are those bushes or, or, the, or is that a... Um, or is that something else? Well, no, they're a shrub. 
Okay. You know, and especially ones that are, if you happen to be an ASU fan, the Sparkies are really nice to be that size. They're about four or five feet. Okay. And they'll make a really nice plant that size. Um, you know, another one is Arizona Rosewood. It's kind of an old type plant that you can grow there. They'll do really well. And uh, Or you could even grow something as conventional as a dwarf oleander and do a nice job with it. Okay. So there's there's quite a few options. If you want to be more tropical, you could grow a hibiscus and do that. You know, we talked okay. about a little earlier with the other color, the hibiscus. That one will cover it very quickly and hedge quite nicely. And on that, that location, you could grow a Cape honeysuckle if you wanted, you know, like an orange trumpet flower, hummingbirds to come visit trash cans. You could do that. <laughs> hey, okay. you know, it's nothing like if you got to take the trash out anyway, watching the hummingbirds fly around. So, Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for your ideas. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Uh, Violet and Casa Grande. Good morning, Violet. Hi, good morning. I had a question about fruitless olive trees and how close I can uh, plant them. Currently, I have them about three to four feet apart. Is that okay? Well, okay, so they're fruitless olive trees, and you're going to grow these up into big trees or to a hedge? And I'm just calling about spacing between them. Well, I mean, you can certainly plant them as tight as you want to. Olives are something that trim and prune. It can be shaped and manicured. And, you know, they live for a thousand years. So, I mean, they're going to outlive us. And they're very drought tolerant. It's hard to beat olive trees. So you can prune and shape and do with olive trees as a hedge, you know, anything you like. And they actually make an excellent hedge. And what's nice about olives as a hedge is that they were more mature. You can water them very infrequently. Olive trees that are large and established and as big as you want them to be can be watered about once every three weeks in the summertime and once every six weeks in the winter and be healthy. Okay, so the spacing isn't going to be a problem between them. Well, just taking care of them and the little from the bottom. Well, it just sounds like to me is what you're trying to grow them as a hedge, right? Uh, no, I wanted to put a hammock between them when they're older. Well, not at three feet apart. You would have to be very short to put a hammock in that that kind of area. Maybe for a squirrel. <laughs> um, so if you're trying to grow olives to get older, uh, you know, and you're going to put a hammock in there, you'd probably realistically want the, the trees spaced, you know, 15 feet apart to 20 feet apart. And, um, oh. and you'd probably want to start with a pretty large olive tree so that, you know, you don't have to wait so long for it to get big. And then you want to go just the opposite. You want to water and fertilize it and push it along. So, you know, water it once a week and feed it once a month and really push them along. And, and then you can get your hammock in there. Okay. Okay. And then the, the root system, is that going to, um, if I, I place it too close to the sidewalk, is that going to be okay or is that going to be a problem eventually? No, it's usually not a problem for olives. So, you know, and if you water them deep when you water, they'll root quite deeply as well. And uh, they're not bad with having surface roots and raising up the sidewalk. And if, if you're watering them once a week in the, in the summertime and once every couple weeks in the wintertime, I don't think you'll have much surface rooting. And like I say, you will we'll want to feed them pretty regularly. But, you know, what you want to do is make sure your hammock's going to fit. So they're going to have to be probably a minimum of 15 feet apart and maybe up to 18 or so. Thank you so much. I have them on a drip line system right now twice a day. Well, that's not a good way should to I water. Uh, yes, you should change them. You know, it, there's no there's no plant that needs to be watered twice a day. Okay. Do you, oh. have, do you have your same drip system for a lot of different plants, Violet? 
I do, yes. Is it all brand new? Yes. Okay. So what you'd probably want to do is change your irrigation water cycle. How long have your plants been in? About six months. Okay. So once a week is more than adequate. Okay. You might find they'll stay wet longer than that. Okay. And do you have just different size drip heads from the olive trees versus the uh, other shrubs? Are they all the same line or different lines? Um, it's um, a main line and then uh, different lines sprouted from that. And so I have three on the olives mm-hmm. and then one on each shrub. Okay. So they're all in the same valve, though. Okay. So, yeah. So what you wanted, and that's that's okay. You can run them, you know, three or four on the olives and, and one on the shrubs, and that's fine. And I would water them right now at the most once a week, okay? And it's going to depend on what size emitters you have. And you can tell that by taking the little drippers and putting them into like a quart jar and see how long it takes to run a quart, okay? And so for your shrubs, you know, they should probably, were they five-gallon shrubs planted six months ago? Okay, so for the shrubs, you know, they can use uh, probably one gallon of water. Okay. Okay, once wow. a week, all right? And for the, the olive trees, they're going to want about five gallons of water once a week for right now. Okay? Okay. And then if you see that the ground's still wet after a week, you can space that timing out. There's a lot of different types of soil around Casa Grande, but if you see the ground staying wet, um, then you can water less frequently than once a week. Okay? And as the weather... You have been so helpful. Well, and as the weather warms up, Violet, what you'll want to do is you'll probably want to double up the amount of water, but not change the frequency. And then by the end of next summer, you know, starting next fall, you'll probably want to change your irrigation to once every two weeks, but, you know, leave it running twice as much water. Right now, well, <laughs> over frequency, and, and it's really bad because when you're putting that much water down, especially if you're not running it very long, you get a lot of salt buildup, and it really kind of hurts the plants, and they don't dry out and get a chance to, to breathe, and it's like an athlete getting athlete's foot because it's staying wet all the time. So that's not a good thing. Besides that, you're wasting water. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're I welcome. really appreciate your time. Call back anytime. Have a lovely weekend. Happy Sunday. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike and Scottsdale, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you today? Oh, I'm happy. Oh, good. That's, that's good. Hey, listen, I play planted, that happy uh, song, you know. <laughs> planted a backyard uh, last year, and everything's growing great. Um, is there a one-size-fits-all fertilizer? I want this thing to pop. What can I do? You know, pretty much there is. I mean, for most plants, it doesn't matter much. Do you have lawn? I do. Okay, so just buy some twenty one seven fourteen lawn food. Okay, and you could use it on everything. Okay, that's and, and, like the know, bike is the, the everything. Everything they don't care. Okay, yeah, and, I, I and, didn't think so. Uh, you you said they can't read. I've heard you say that. Before, well, but, and uh, the thing about some of the lawn food, you know, if you buy the twenty one seven fourteen, if you buy one that's you know designed here for the desert, it's going to have okay. some sulfur and iron in with it too, and it should be fine. Oh. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, and the second question is, like, um, e- even, like, I want to cut back everything, give it a fresh start. Lantana is, I know, I think March 1st and September 1st are the bougainvillea timing, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, can I cut everything back now and let it go? Well, you look at the weather forecast and you decide for yourself whether it's going to freeze or not again. Right. It's probably not going to. You know, we had right. that late one that we just had last week. But, you know, if it's not going to freeze, there's no reason not to prune. 
And plants okay. aren't going to grow very fast until the weather hits the mid seventies. But you know, we're we're flirting with it right now. So hold off on fertilizing till we get a little warmer, maybe. No, the fertilizing's different. Go ahead and fertilize because it's going to take it a while to break down anyway. The thing about that twenty one seven fourteen lawn fertilizer is it's partially made with ammonium nitrate, so it works faster and better in cold weathers than most fertilizer would work. Oh, okay. And like last question, I'll let you go. But like, uh, so it comes granular, or like in the like, do I put it in a bucket and soak it, and then pour it onto the trees, or how well, do I? Well, that's going to give you a pretty fast hot dose at one time. So just be careful not to put too much on at once. And you can throw the okay. granulars on, you know, around the plant, and just hose it in if you want to, or you can okay. you can you can do your bucket method. But if you're going to do a bucket method, just you know, remember it's going to be pretty hot, and uh, don't put too much on at one time. That's that's the difference between using like the 21714 is it is a faster release and so you can't you don't want to put too much on especially smaller younger plants so i'm sorry i keep asking more but basically just kind of spread it hose it in and then it'll go to work uh, and, it'll and you can walk perfectly. around like you're feeding chickens and, and spread it out on so how old are most of your plantings mike uh, you know, I think just like a year, like there's, you know, there's some new ones, there's some old ones, the mixture. Yeah, but walk around like you're feeding chickens, sprinkle it on, uh, do a little dance. Looks like we could have some rain this week, but you can hose right. it in and then let the rain take it in too. And it's pretty water soluble, so it's going to break down quickly. Um, I would be a little hesitant to mix it with water and, you know, try and get maybe too much on. So moderation's the key. You can fertilize as often as you like, as long as you don't put too much on. Okay, and and the good stuff would be at your your store, maybe, huh? Oh, absolutely. You know, somebody's got to pay for this program. <laughs> you know, I got paid the first uh, the first eight years I was on the radio. I've been paying for it, you know, for the last twenty <laughs> or more. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Bye bye. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we've got three lines available. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. You can give her a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. Crazy for feeling so blue I knew you'd love me as long as you wanted And then someday you'd leave me for somebody new Worry Why do I let myself worry Wondering What in the crazy morning folks want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields you know at Whitfields we've been in 
growing trees longer than that song. <laughs> that was Willie Nelson's first number one song he ever wrote. Patsy Cline sure sings it better than Willie, though. Anyway, um, beautiful morning out there. Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back at the 40s and our original location over on Glendale Avenue. If you need trees any kind of size, we specialize in citrus. You can come in and taste the fruit this time of year. You know, why start with a little whip when you can plant a tree? You know, you can buy two or three years of your life. You can taste the fruit and know what you're going to get and know what to expect. We grow big trees, too, you know, up to 72-inch boxes, trees 30 foot tall, some of them, you know, as many as 30 and 40 years old. We've had, you know, farms around growing trees for that long and even longer. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue. And Monday through uh, Saturdays, you can go to our big tree farm in Stanfield, Stanfield Road, about a half mile south of Interstate 8. We grow all kinds of trees, all sizes. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bond insured. We're Arizona's largest grower of, uh, you know, commercial date palms. If you're looking for date palms to plant in your project, whether you need one or 50, come out and see us. We have all kinds of Mexican fans, Mexican blues, Bismarckia, Sylvester's, great sagos. If you're looking for a specimen sago in front of your house, come see us. And giant robolinis. Yes, that's right. Like jumbo shrimp, giant robolinis. Anyway, come out and see us at Whitfields. We have a lot of fun. And we've been growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future for now for four generations. Back to the phone. we got to get the right order. Rita and Gilbert. Hi, Rita. Hi. Good morning. Um, I am looking for two trees, and I'd like to put them in front of a um, window facing south. Mm-hmm. And the window area is 20 feet wide. And then from the house to the um, artificial turf is nine feet deep. Okay. And I um, took out two Thavisha trees because Uh, they were messy. I I know why you took out the Thavisha trees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I shouldn't have to say that. No. (laughs) Um, So now I'm looking for, uh, I think it would be two trees again. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that same area. Do you want something so you smaller think? in that kind of shape, or do you want something that can make a bigger tree and shade the windows? Um, when you say bigger, do you mean as big as, say, Tavisha? Well, no, bigger than Tavisha. I mean, if you really want to shade those windows, you could plant a deciduous tree like a, a Fantex or Fan West Ash or a Pistachio, which will make a large tree. And uh, so it'll, you know, canopy over and it'll shade the windows and kind of shade that whole uh-huh. side of the house. So that's one way to go. And if you want a tree that's just going to be smaller, like Tavisha size, that uh, is going to be much cleaner, you could use like a Texas Ebony. Not a Texas Ebony, a Texas Mountain Laurel. And the Texas Mountain Laurel is a dark green tree that has a purple flower on it, but it's only for about, oh, three or four weeks a year when it blooms. It smells really nice when it blooms, yeah, but it mm-hmm. just has that one drop with those flowers, and then it's a lot cleaner. Uh-huh. You know, another well, really good option, too, for you would be a fruitless olive like a Swan Hill olive. And a Swan Hill olive's a nice evergreen tree that you can kind of keep to whatever size you want to that would, you know be very efficient at uh, shading your windows at the same time would be pretty clean and, you know, reasonable to use with your artificial turf. And is that, are these both trees that are 
pretty to look at? Uh, you know, I think so. I mean, everybody's got, you know, good thing we don't all exactly like the same thing. And you'd all, everybody would have the same husband, you know, and that wouldn't uh, be too good. True. So, you know, the, but <laughs> they're ones that I would certainly plant in my yard. We have fruitless olives in our yard and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the, and the mountain laurel is pretty. It's going to be slower growing. Um, so it mm-hmm. kind of depends on what you want. And the pistachios are, are excellent if you want a lot more shade. And uh, and they'll work fine over the artificial turf because they only drop leaves one week a year and the rest of it's done. So oh, okay. they're all pretty good options, you know, for different purposes. But, you know, if you're there in Gilbert, just stop by the store and you can see Jennifer or Gabe or some of our salespeople there. They're very knowledgeable and they can show you oh, samples yeah, of all these. I stop by quite often. Okay. I, I stop by like a few times um, every two or three months. <laughs> okay. I talk with Lucas. Uh, Lucas is a fantastic young man. Yeah, he's good help. Okay. Well, um, I wrote them down and I'll take a look at them when I stop by. All right. Thank you, Rita. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Brian. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Dave in Phoenix. Hello, Dave. Hi. I've got a simple in concept problem, but it's just overwhelming. I've got a rental house in Chandler with my younger boy and his new bride live. Weed control. It's mm-hmm. every weed known to man, and there's okay. just nothing we can seem to do to stop. There's crabgrass, and there's everything else growing, and just don't even know where to begin. Dave, is this growing in a lawn or in rock? Both. Yeah, okay. the gravel has the one, kind of the crabgrass, and a little bit of the lawn, but it's mainly the stuff in the gravel. Okay. So, you know, the easiest thing to do now with it is to uh, spray it with a like a glyphosate, which is like Roundup. Okay, and the Roundup's going to kill what's there. And, and then you can put that, you can actually even mix it if you follow the label directions. Mix it with a pre-emergent at the same time. So you can spot spray the pre-emergent with the Roundup. The Roundup's going to kill the weeds. The pre-emergent's going to keep the seeds that fell off that weed from coming back. And then, of course, as big as the weeds are now, you're going to have to remove them as well. But um, the real way going forward to prevent having problems is to next year in September, spray a pre-emergent. You know, on everything, on the lawn, the rock, and everything. And that pre-emergent will keep the winter weeds from germinating. And then come back and put a pre-emergent down again, like in February. So actually be better probably even in January. What about the part that's in the grass itself? Is that well, the same put thing? The pre, that put the, the pre-emergent on there. Is he planting a winter lawn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if he's planting a winter lawn, he can't use the pre-emergent in September. Because that'll stop the okay. the grass from seeding. The biggest problem is by far the gravel. Yeah. So. But the pre-emergent work wonderfully in the gravel. Okay, excellent. And it'll save All a right, lot of time and a lot of pain. <laughs> All right. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Patrick in Phoenix. Good morning, Patrick. Uh, good morning. Uh, Brian? Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to hear me the king of the garden in Arizona, right? Well, not exactly, but I have a lot of fun. <laughs> Hey, my wife and I have been, for years, have been trying to naturalize African daisies mm-hmm. uh, in, in the, around the house. Mm-hmm. We see other people have it. They're beautiful. And we have never been able to grow one African daisy. Do you Is use, there a secret? Do you use pre-emergence? No. You don't use any pre-emergence? Okay. No. Well, the, no. Time, the time to plant them is in November. 
Okay. okay. Right around Thanksgiving. And if you'll just rake up the ground at Thanksgiving, if we get rain, you don't have to water. If it rain, if it doesn't rain, you'll have to just put like a sprinkler out there and water them, you know, about once every two weeks or so. And, and they'll come okay. up, they'll grow, they'll grow almost in asphalt, but you got to do them the right time. Yeah, of year. I mean, Patrick, I got, I'm going to put yeah, you on hold and we're going to be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here on 92.3 FM KTAR.